Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You should know where you are and you should know who this is. In case you don't, this is Tyler Sheff and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. This week we got Mike over in Italy. I think he's getting engaged. He's found himself a good one. So hopefully she said yes. I guess we'll find out next week if she said yes. But I'm pretty sure she did because he's a good dude and he's a catch. So guys and girls, wish Mike luck on his proposal to his hopefully future bride. Um, this episode, we're going to follow up on our most recent episode when I was talking about making offers. And this email came in from a gentleman by the name of Chris who listens to the show. Chris, thanks for listening in. I'm going to read the email to you, and then I'm going to unpack it because I think there's a lot I can pull a lot of information out of this that will help you guys and girls get over some of these hurdles when it comes to making offers. He goes on to say, Chris, or he goes, Tyler, great podcast last Friday, and I understand what you're saying, but where I'm buying, most houses are on the MLS, and I have to deal with realtors who are just trying to sell houses for the most money they can. I have many times had realtors tell me they will not submit my low offer or just say to me that the buyer will not accept anything below asking price. Any advice for these market areas? Well, Chris, first of all, what you're experiencing is not, it happens everywhere. It's not uncommon. In every single market, in every state, every city, every municipality across the earth, that is the case. So let's take this case by case. But where I'm buying, you say, most houses are on the MLS and I have to deal with realtors. That's not true. What that tells me is you're not doing any proactive marketing. You're waiting for things to be presented to you that are for sale. You're not going after what somebody may want to sell. And that's the big difference. So if you stand around waiting for someone to get the bright idea to wave a flag and tell you that something is for sale, then of course, those folks are generally not very motivated and they're going to want full price. Instead, how you overcome this is by marketing, you're going to have to spend money to generate leads. And I know a lot of people are resistant to this. They're like, oh, geez, I don't want to spend money. What if I spend money? I don't get any leads. Trust me, I get it. But what if you write a bunch of offers on listed properties that never get accepted? You're wasting your time and effort either way. And time is money. So be proactive in your marketing. First of all, I bet if I asked your circle of immediate friends that you you hang, hang out and have a beer with on a Friday night, what type of house or what type of investment property is Chris looking to buy? They would all look at me puzzled. They probably don't have any idea that you're looking to buy investment property. And I'm talking about your close friends. And those of you listening to this podcast, this is for all of you. If people don't know what you're looking for, they'll never be able to bring it to you, which means you're going to have to tell the whole world, figure out a way to tell the whole world what you're looking for. That's the only way it's going to be brought to you. Otherwise, you're going to have to go find it. And that's not by looking at what's for sale, right? Because then you're dependent on somebody, A, deciding they want to sell, B, deciding what they want to sell for, in other words, what price they want to set, and everything else. And then either they hire a realtor or they go by owner. And I think of what you're talking about being that houses are on the MLS, um, for sale by owners. There's not a lot of for sale by owners. Why is that? Well, because most people don't want the hassle of selling a house themselves. Maybe they're not comfortable negotiating with potential buyers. Maybe they're embarrassed by the condition of their house. So that's how if you really want to get deals or find an opportunity where you can create a deal is what I should say. You've got to be direct to the seller. That means you're going to have to hit them with some sort of marketing, whether you get radio commercials, which by the way, guys are shockingly cheap these days uh, because radio is a dying art and the radio stations are almost giving away their advertising time. Uh, it's not free, but it's pretty darn cheap. 
Maybe you're going to use direct mail or you're going to do video marketing through YouTube. Anyway, you got to pick a marketing channel and you got to directly market to, to motivated sellers and people that know people that may be potentially motivated to sell to you. They need to know that you are out there willing to buy and what type of properties you're willing to buy. So if I say to you, hey, Chris, show me what's a good deal look like in your market and there's crickets in the background. That's part of the problem is that you don't have your avatar of what you're looking for established. If I say, hey, Chris, here's a two bedroom, one bath for 250, 250,000, depending on where you are, that's either a great deal or a terrible deal. But if you're an investor, you should be asking the question, what is it rent for? Or what is the after repaired value? If the house is 250000 and it's worth 250000 and you're a flipper, then that's probably not a good deal. If you are houses, if they're selling it for 250000 and it rents for $1,000 a month, that is not a good deal because it will cost you more. You'll get basically no ROI on that purchase um, or very little, if anything, only if you paid cash. That $1,000 a month rent on a $250,000 mortgage would not cover the debt service, not let alone the expenses. So that would be kind of a terrible deal, and I wouldn't mess with it. When you say that you have to deal with realtors, you don't have to deal with realtors. Now, if a property is listed by a realtor, then you, in good faith, being a, a smart and ethical business person, should honor that relationship between the seller and the realtor and work through the realtor. Unless, of course, the realtor is not responsive, which is an episode for a whole other day. Um, but in this case, you, you need to work with the realtor if it's listed by a realtor, but that doesn't mean just because something's not listed doesn't mean it's for sale. It's, it's not for sale. I guarantee you there are houses in your neighborhood right now where somebody is having some sort of financial trouble where they need to sell that house to get the capital, or maybe they have a situation with that house that is freaking them out. Maybe they've got code violations. Maybe they're, it's in the way of the path of progress. Maybe there's a, a nasty neighbor next door with a barking dog that's driving everybody, everybody crazy. You'll be surprised what a motivated seller will do when it comes to uh, agreeing to price and terms to sell their house. I've got incredible deals this way. But here's the thing. If you're sitting there waiting for someone to bring you opportunity, you're going to wait forever because nobody's going to come bring it to you. You're going to have to go out and seek it. You can't sit around waiting for realtors that you don't know to list a property that happens to fit your parameters and that the seller's willing to sell it to you for a discount. Ask yourself this, logically speaking, what seller in their right mind would sell a house in great condition that has no problems to you for a discount? Why wouldn't they just sell it for full price? With that said, what realtor in their right mind would tell a seller that their house is worth less and therefore sell their house for less money because realtors are on commission. They get a permission uh, or a permission. They get a, a commission, a percentage of the sales price. So if the house sells for a hundred grand, they get a lot less than if the house sells for 250. So where is their incentive to get you a good deal? And the answer is there isn't one. So if you really want to focus on finding opportunity that makes sense, then you've got to focus on properties where you are direct to the decision maker. This also applies to deals that are listed by investors. And I say that tongue in cheek. By investors, I mean wholesalers and people that have thought they would have a great idea by flipping a house and maybe they bought too much house and now they're trying to dump out of it. If it's for sale, in other words, if you know about it, if some wholesalers pitching it at a real estate meeting, that's on market. I don't care who you are, that's on market. Because somebody went in there that you don't know, who doesn't know you, supposedly negotiated a deal based on what they think 
you may pay for it, even though they'd never met you prior to today. And now you're supposed to decide whether they're correct. Well, I've never seen one of those where that was the case. I've never seen a wholesaler ever bring me a deal that was worth a damn. And the reason for that is they never asked me what I was looking for. Never once has any wholesaler ever asked me for my criteria when it comes to the finances. Oh, they'll ask me, do I want a three bedroom or a two bedroom? Where do I want to buy? Do I want CBS or concrete block or wood or whatever it may be, whatever the lingo is, but they never really asked me, Oh, you're willing to pay 70% of ARV. Well, that's dumb because then I'm leaving it up to them to decide what ARV is. And if you don't know, that stands for after repair value. You can't get that loosey-goosey with people and expect them to bring you things that make sense. Oh, 70% of ARV. And the guy's like, well, this one's ARV is worth is 300 grand. No, it's not. If a wholesaler says it's 300, it's really 200 because wholesalers are liars. That's just how the nature of how they do their business. They're never going to tell you accurately what after repaired value is. Nobody can tell you what after repaired value is unless you're the person willing to write a check for the amount of the after repaired value. Otherwise, it is a big question. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about here about realtors selling for the most money they can, why wouldn't they do? They're on commission. You got to look at this logically. If you were in their shoes, would why would they give you a deal? What makes you special? The answer is nothing. Nothing makes Tyler special. There's no realtor anywhere in the world or wholesaler that has any incentive to give me a great deal. Why is that? Because it's the greater fool theory. There's always somebody out there dumber than me that's willing to pay more money than I am for a property. That's how these things keep selling. Why do people pay half a million dollars for a piece of crap house? Well, because they have, they, they're more motivated to buy than I am. Maybe they want to live in that neighborhood. Maybe they like the fact that it has a pool. Well, if I'm an investor, I don't probably want a pool and I'm not willing to pay $500,000 for a house that won't rent for a whole boatload of money. So just because you're waving your hand saying, Hey, I'm an investor. That doesn't mean anybody would have any incentive to give you a deal. Always ask yourself, what is the incentive for the other person to do a deal with me? Now, with a realtor, you may say, well, if they do a deal with me, they get a commission. Yes, but if they sell it to some schlep for $50,000 more than you, they still get a commission and it's a bigger commission. So if you want to avoid this problem, simply don't buy properties and don't even bother making offers on properties where realtors are involved because realtors and the same goes for wholesalers. If a realtor or a wholesaler is involved, you as the buyer are paying the commission. I know they say, oh, wholesalers say, if you sell me your house, there's no real estate commission. When I say wholesalers are liars, that's exactly what I mean. Wholesale, you absolutely, as a seller, pay a commission when a wholesaler sells your house because you're taking less money for the property. And whoever buys the house, that's generally where the fee comes in. Um, but the seller is accepting less money uh, for the house, which means they're not going to get full price as if they did if it was listed by a realtor. And the wholesaler is not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They're getting a fee on top of it, which, you know, like it or, or hate it, it is what it is. So the way to get around this again is to just simply avoid these two avenues, wholesalers and realtors altogether. But then again, you make a relationship with an ethical wholesaler or an ethical realtor that actually has their finger on opportunities when they come up, you'll have a completely different experience. But you got to give them some reason to deal with you. If you're wishy-washy, shaky, not ready to buy, not pre-approved, if you have some 
proof of funds letter where the guy that issued the proof of funds letter has a Gmail address, that to me makes you look like you're kind of a waste of time. You're a fly by night. I just got one yesterday. A guy called me, nice guy, said he was an investor. He's from Tampa, whatever. Hey, Tyler, do you have any off market opportunities? So my question is, why are you looking for an off market opportunity? He says, well, so I can get a better deal. Oh, so if I have a listing that's, that I'm selling for a hundred thousand, uh, that's worth 300,000, but it's on market. You're not inter- interested, right? He goes, Oh, uh, yeah, I'd be interested. Oh, okay. So you're really looking for a great deal. He says, yes. What would that great deal look like for you? And he goes, starts rattling off three bedroom, two bath, Pinellas Park, Tampa, whatever, and CBS construction, which for those of you not in South Florida is concrete block construction. I'm like, what kind of price point do you want to be in? How much of the price purchase price are you willing to invest? for rehab? Are you rehabbing or are you a landlord? Well, he didn't know. He's like, oh, I'll do either. Well, that's not really what I'm looking for because a serious buyer knows what they're going to do. They're either going to buy it and flip it or they're going to buy it and, and rent it. Um, and I know that there's scenarios where, oh, well, it depends on the deal, but come on, man, nail it down for me, get specific, and then I can help you find things that make sense. So next part of this, it says, uh, the realtors will not submit your low offer. That is absolutely not cool. Um, if a realtor ever tells you that, you could literally file a complaint with the state you're in, the real estate commission, and uh, their license would be pulled. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's a realtor that's not doing their job. On any one of my listings, I encourage, and I'm a realtor, and I, I encourage people every single time I have a listing, write an offer. I don't care if the offer is for 50 cents, write an offer. Because writing an offer, going through the steps to sign an initial 8, 11, 15 pages, whatever it may be, shows a certain a higher level of intent. If you're not willing to write an offer, or you're one of these lazy people that says, oh, tell the seller I'll give them 150 and if they bite, then I'll write an offer, that tells me you're not serious. That tells me you're lazy. So instead, write up a written offer and send it to the email, to email it and then call the agent and make sure that they've submitted it to the seller. Uh, now here's the thing it's up. It really, at the end of the day, the realtor can be unethical and not give the offer to the seller. And really there's not a whole lot you could do about that. Maybe, you know, in some cases when they say, I'm not going to present your low offer, well, then I would look up the, the county records, the tax or the tax assessor's office or the property appraiser's office, find out the address of the person that owns the home, which you can do by pulling it up in public records, take a copy of the offer, mail it directly to the seller and put a note in there. I also sent a copy of this offer to your agent. Here's a copy for you. Now, the agent is not going to be pleased with you, but if the seller was waiting for an offer and didn't get one and they find out that their agent is withholding offers without their permission, they're probably, that agent's probably going to get fired. And frankly, deserves to get fired. And any agent that tells me differently is a thief, in my opinion, and unethical because you are required ethically to present all offers. That is the same in every state across the country, unless the seller expressly tells you otherwise in writing. In other words, if the seller says withhold all verbal offers, which all of my sellers routinely do, then you withhold all verbal offers. But I don't know any sellers that say, nah, if somebody makes an offer, don't, don't take it unless it's a certain amount or don't, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Sellers, most sellers are not that savvy. Usually what that is, is an agent trying to, to avoid looking like they've got egg on their face or they overpriced the property or 
trying to avoid making the seller angry. Have a conversation. So those realtors that are out there doing this and are starting to realize as you listen to this episode, the error of your ways, have a conversation with your seller when you list the property. Hey, Johnny, Susie, we may get some low offers. Don't get upset about them. I encourage everybody to write an offer for your house because the once they write an offer, that's a higher level of commitment. And even though they write an offer for 50 cents, it's not uncommon for these people to get serious, realize that there's a potential they could do this, start negotiating seriously if they think you're paying attention. Please don't get offended. Don't make this an emotional situation. Just let them write an offer. Just because they write an offer doesn't mean you have to accept it. You can simply counter that 50 cent offer with an offer reducing your asking price by 50% or 50 cents rather than not 50%. Um, I've done that. And people are like, oh, well, they're actually not mad at me. Now I can have a conversation with them. I know this doesn't make any logic why people would write an offer for 50 cents, but I've had actually people do it. Um, had it happen twice in 23 years now doing this. But anyway, uh, so anytime a, a agent tells you this, tell them, well, what do you mean? Are you refusing to present my offer? They're going to get quiet when you say that. Say, well, tell you what, I've, I've already emailed over my offer to you. If you. Are you, just to be clear, you are not going to, to show this offer to the seller. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Oh, interesting. Okay. The next phone call should be to that agent's broker. Get on the phone with whoever manages that dipshit agent and have a conversation with that. Ask the, the broker, Hey, I submitted an offer to Susie, Susie, the broker, or Susie, the agent. And Susie told me she would refuse to, to, uh, deliver it to the seller. So will you please deliver it to the seller, Mr. Miss broker? And they're going to probably say, heck, yes, I will. And I would still go ahead and mail a, a written copy of that same offer over to that seller directly to make sure they get a copy. Um, that's just not acceptable for them to do that. Um, they also, when they say, and this is the second part of this, they just say to you that the buyer will not accept the seller, he says, will not accept anything below blank asking price. I know this sounds a little terse and cranky, but ask to see a copy of that in writing. Uh, because I don't believe that. And frankly, I would go ahead and write the offer and send it to the seller anyway. Uh, what's the worst they could say? No, but at least you know that they saw your offer uh, versus being told to stand in the corner and shut up until a full price buyer shows up. Okay. So that's the way I would handle it. Just to kind of recap real quick, market directly to motivated sellers, people that have code violations, people that have uh, tax liens, PropStream is a great way to do this. You go, you get there you, through my affiliate link, cashflowguys.com forward slash data, D-A-T-A, cashflowguys.com forward slash D-A-T-A, as in the word data. Um, sign up for PropStream. It's well worth it. I use it all the time to this day, and it will give you, provide you with lists based on certain levels of motivation, people that have uh, are behind on their taxes, people that are having, maybe they're getting a divorce. Maybe they have a lien. Maybe there's a bankruptcy file. Maybe there's a probate situation, lots of different triggers that might make somebody more motivated to sell their home than the average homeowner market directly to them. The marketing is easy. You can get over to, to Richard Roop, just Google search Richard Roop. He's got courses and, and programs and done for you products that will help you know what to say, or you could just use his postcards because they work. You can go on chat GPT and type in, please provide me four examples of postcards to send to uh, motivated probate sellers or something to that effect. Keep playing with it. It will tell you what to put on the card. 
You don't have to write a master's thesis. You just got to get the message across that you're Johnny or Timmy or Susie, whoever you are, and that you're looking to buy a house in the, wherever it is, Tarpon Springs, Florida area. You're looking for good houses that you can buy, fix up, and rent to other people. And I guarantee you, if you're consistent with that, that means doing that at least 10 times, at least to a couple hundred a month, you're going to start to get some phone calls. Yes, some people will be cranky and say, "Get take me off your list and all that stuff. Just suck it up, buttercup, and realize that's part of the game. Let them get it out of their system. It's not really your fault. It's just that they have a problem and they're letting this bleed over. They're human. Cut them a pass. But know this, at some point, if you're consistent with it, you do it, say, 10 times in a row, someone's going to call and give you an opportunity to buy their house. And when they do, now you're talking directly to the decision maker. That's when the rubber meets the road. That's when you can put these deals together. Chris and everybody else listening, I hope you found value in this answer. Hope you guys uh, have a great week, and we will catch up with you This concludes one. today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.